We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, and with me per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, special episode today when I've been fired up for looking forward to rejoining us after way too long, the host of the Morning Roast on 95.7 again. The lead of the Warriors pre and post game coverage, a longtime friend of the show who has won his share of our prediction wars, and a guy who let Jamel Hill off the hook today for being a bandwagon fan, Mr. Bonte Hill. What's going on, Bonte? Hey, whenever they join your bandwagon, you give them a pass. It's the right bandwagon to be on. And you know what? You have to give her credit. She grew up in Michigan, but she said, Mama lived in the Bay Area, became a Niners fan. Hey, it's something finer than the Niner, right? Don't you fast forward and skip the most important thing she said. Maxime, just in case you weren't listening to the rose today. So Jamel Hill joined them. And first, credit where it's due. Bonte worked in. If, if this was me, if my last name was Hill and we had her on, how many times did I mention that we must be related? You know, just I'd, <laughs> I'd fucking beat that horse to death. To, well, to Bonte's credit, it, it was just a little passing. He's, he said it once yeah. and didn't, didn't go. You know, so credit to him. But the thing I did notice, so they're, they're bringing her through. Jamel is, is from Detroit. She is apparently a big Niners fan. And what she explains was, yes, she had some history with the Niners. But before she said that, she said, look, when I was growing up, the Lions were fucking terrible. They were terrible, terrible. which is why I became a Niner fan. I'm immediately like, oh, is he going to give her shit? That's bandwagon material. He said nothing, dude. And, then, you know, she's a high profile guest. So I get it. I'd do the same. But we got to at least give him some shit here. Hold, hold on. Hold on. No one. <laughs> I'm the broadcast journalist of the show. Okay, the okay. The fan of the show, Joe Shaskin, is sitting right there as well. So it's a two-way street. That's his role is to come at people for jumping on the bandwagon. I'm all good. Sometimes I don't even care what the fans root for. You know what I'm saying? Some of you fans drive me absolutely insane. Uh, but but no, Jamel, she flew by the hole. Hey, man, my last name's Hill. What do you know? She just didn't even respond to it. I just kept it moving. I'm not even sure she heard it, you know, and like, which is yes. why I, I did. I will give you credit for that because it could have been awkward if you had like forced it down the road again. Like, oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, I happen to notice we spell our last name the same, but you didn't get caught on that. And I'm also oh. happy to realize that that whole broadcast journalist thing was a shot at Joe. I thought it was a fucking shot at us. I was going to be like, oh, no, 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 Shatsky, no, you guys are OK. You guys live up to your names. You know, Shatsky <laughs> was one who's worried about everything and scared about everything. I'm like, man. That's how fans operate these days. Jeez, I mean, I'm a fan. I'm cocky as hell. I mean, I, mean, I got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, <laughs> four banners. The Niners are littered with stars. Why not talk trash? That's the whole point of it. Oh, well, you know, I got a healthy fear and respect this team. Blah, blah, blah. Let's don't talk reckless. Come on. I mean, you know how for sale I am as a host. If I was on that show, I would have told her my last name was Hill. So look, man, I mean, yeah, uh, there's, there's no yeah, fucking journalistic integrity <laughs> over here but enough bullshitting let's talk hey, some hey, words. there may not be enough money in the world to make me co-host with you man <laughs> there may not be enough money in the world you settle down okay is this i'll gonna take your role on warriors huddle i'll take your role on warriors huddle yeah i mean to the road. No, yeah, in, in related to that, that's that's why we don't pay you to come on the show is because i know we couldn't afford you you know it, it is what it is but let's <laughs> oh. talk warriors dude um and so I, I got some questions that are looking uh, towards the future for you. But before we get that, let's look back. This is the glass half full. We look at uh, recent Warriors hoop. At least we've got a game this time. They're coming off a, uh, a victory against Atlanta. Bonte, give me something you like or don't like about Warriors basketball right now. 
or what I like and really what I love. It's not even a like. It's Jonathan Kaminga continuing to impress and continuing to ascend. Uh, this is a kid who we've all liked. I think a lot of Warrior fans have liked this guy from day one. And we just thought, boy, if he just got an opportunity to play consistent minutes. And to think that he was out of the rotation early in December against the Portland Trailblazers, out of the rotation, and they're down double digits, they're down midway through the third quarter. Steve Kerr's like, what the heck? Let's let's go to Kaminga. And he doesn't leave the court. And the kid hasn't looked back since. Uh, he's done some reports. He's you know, sat down for some interviews, which I know will turn some people off. But I love J.K.'s play on it. Like, against the Hawks, you go 11-4-11, tight Chris Mullen uh, for the best, you know, for the most makes without a miss. It's 54-55. I mean, that's impressive. But not only that, he didn't tip the three. He let the game come to him. He realized, hey, nobody can stop me from going to the rim. I'm stronger than you. I'm more athletic than you. So I'm going to go to the cup at will and give this Warriors team a dimension we haven't had in quite some time. He's getting to the free throw line. He's defended at a high level. And I love the way he crashed the glass when I rebounds. He continues to rebound better. It doesn't matter whether or not he comes off the bench or starts. He needs to see 25 to 30 minutes a night. This kid on this team is probably your most athletic player. <laughs> on a team that's small and athletic. So I, I love where JK, I don't like him. I love where Kameek is at right now. Have you considered working as a broadcast journalist? You'd be really good at it, dude. I mean, I just, I mean, just, it's, it's just a random take. I mean, you may want to, you may want to explore that. Uh, look, I'll put it. So, some people may disagree. Some people, a lot of people disagree with that take. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'll start saving up money so you can be my co-host. Uh, the, <laughs> Things I like. All right, so obviously it's JK. I'll put a, a cherry on top of what you just uh, threw out there. It's how he's getting those points right now. So yep. Kaminga is still developing his bag, right? His, his mm -hmm. ability to get to the cup and actually beat his man is going to get better. I don't think we're even 30% yep. of the way there. But what we saw last night was his grown-up offense, his big boy mm -hmm. shit, where he can draw contact amongst the, the best athletes on earth. I mean, don't get it twisted. The The NBA is filled with freaks yep. of nature, people who are larger than, you know, you're going to meet in almost any other walks of life. And despite not beating them, despite going chest to chest with these gigantic freaks, he's still able to get to the cup and put it yep. in with sheer will. We don't have guys like that. The, the closest no. we've come to that was Corey fucking Maggetti. You know, way <laughs> the hell back when. I, if, right. if memory serves... Corey McGetty had the worst nickname I'd ever heard. He called himself Bad Porn because he always got penetration. That was that for a terrible fucking nickname. Oh, oh my God. I don't remember <laughs> that. We oh. might even cut that. We may even oh, cut that. But somebody, hey, hey, Brad, I need you to use your burner account <laughs> at me and tweet that out. And then maybe somehow I'll get somebody to retweet it because that story needs to be, that is, it's so bad. It's, actually, so it's a true, it's a true fucking story. But so he said, I'm like bad porn because I penetrate too much. I always get penetration. That's what he said. I always get penetration. Who knows who handed him that line? But making this more about J.K. than Maggetti, wow. that watching him use just yeah. physical prowess has been unbelievable. Um, I mean, Brad, not to cut you off. I love that little bitty from ten feet out in the paint. He's had that now for a couple of years. You see him hit the baseline jumper and one nice baseline jumper in Chicago, second half. He's got that little mini from 10 to 15 feet that is automatic, man. He works on that consistently. It's going to be a walking bucket. No Dude, there is, there is two. So that actually, um, I'll, I'll break that into better analysis from me. The back half, the fourth quarter, there was two things that really stuck out. One, he didn't take threes. 
He had every does like every reason to go heat check and start firing up some threes. He did not. But two, there's a three or four minute period where Clay kind of felt himself in the fourth quarter. And Clay came in, was taking shots away from JK while he was was record setting. And it could have been the kind of thing where JK tuned off and instead he struck, he, he struck to the basket. Uh, Steph found him and he kept his concentration. It didn't matter that he was being forced fed or not, which I absolutely loved. Uh, Maxime, give us a, a quick something you like or don't, and then we'll shoot into our golden questions. Well, I'll jump in to add a little bit more on Jonathan Kaminga. I loved at the point at which he shoots his 11th shot, there's no doubt that he knew that he was perfect from the field. And it's the same thing that you saw Steph used to do where he would take yeah. those half-court heaves at the buzzer. You know, th that's a that's a pretty tricky shot, but he didn't shoot it because he cared about his shooting percentage. He shooted it because you got to take the shot at the buzzer. You might get another three points. And I love Kaminga, right? I, I, I pulled it up because it's such an epic final shot. This is a tough fadeaway jumper. Uh, you know, in contact and he makes the shot. He's not stressed about whether or not he's going to maintain a perfect 10 for 10 or 11 from 11. Yeah. He's going for the bucket. I absolutely love that. I'll take it. And so look, our goal today, boys, is quick episode. All right. So I'm going to our golden questions. I only have three. The last Ooh. one, I can't wait. I cannot wait for your answer for it. All right. So I'm going to try not to speed there. We'll see to the golden questions. Bonte, you'll recognize this as our mailbag. People write them in. They always do with the Warriors, occasionally get personal. Here's our first, and it's from Bram in Oakland. Quote, in November, you tweeted, for the record, I want the panic meter shelved until at least January. That's from Bonte Hill. Well, Bonte, it is January. The Warriors are 19-22. and They're in 12th place. And two games behind the Lakers and Jazz for the final playing spot, but five and a half games behind the Pelicans for that six spot. Panic meter, dude. Dust it off. Where are you at? Well, where I've been at. Slightly concerned. And then you got everybody panic. You got uh-oh. I'm slightly concerned. I mean, I can't unsee that Memphis loss on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I know it's been a while since we played basketball, but that loss against Memphis was just that was that left me with an empty Philly. I mean, they lost to the Memphis Hustle. Right? It wasn't even this, the Memphis Grizzlies. It was the Memphis Hustle they were playing. And a guy named G.G. Jackson, who I had never heard of until I saw the Sky Report, lit them up and got the interview on TNT after the game. Um, there is a reason to panic here. Look, they're getting healthier. But that's been part of the problem when you have an older team. The injuries are going to happen, right? You don't know what the rotations look like. You don't have a rhythm. Where's Andrew Wiggins at? Uh, Benjamin Wiggins has been very underwhelming this season, and we know he has the potential to be that guy who helped win the fourth championship in Boston. He became one of the two -way, best two-way players in the league. Now we're just hoping if he contributes 12 to 14 points a night. He, you have all these contracts. You're paying a lot of luxury tax. Just everything that has happened this season, you just wonder if Mike Dunleavy is going to do the unthinkable, make some shakeups here, and make a shake, or actually make a trade and shake something up. So, I am concerned. I mean, Utah's more athletic. The Lakers, more athletic. All those teams in the Western Conference, whether it's Minnesota, Denver, uh, New Orleans, uh, OKC, Sacramento, uh, all these teams are more athletic than you, and they have rim protection. The one thing is the Warriors, even though they weren't the most athletic teams at times in the past, they always had some sort of rim protection. Right now, they're lacking that. So when you're getting beat off the dribble constantly at the point of attack, you have a 
team that is not as athletic and small, games the way they played out for the Warriors this season are why they play out like that. It's because you're smaller, unathletic, and you have lack of rim protection. So until they can get that on this team, I think they're going to be in these much time games where it's within five points in the last five minutes of it because they're not getting up to blow teams out. And they're not as bad because of their IQ, but they're just smart enough and talented enough to stay in these basketball games. So, I, yeah, the petting leader's out because I don't know if this team has what it takes to get into that top six. And it, I feel terrible disrespecting a Steph Curry-led team like that, but it is what it is. I mean, he's in his upper 30s. You got Clay Thompson who's in a contract year. Draymond Green has missed more than half the games in what was deemed the most important season of his career. So, yeah, the panic meter's out, fellas. It is out. Of course it is. Of course it is. Look, I'll, I'll turn this question on its head. You gave me the one player who, and, and it should make the panic meter go up. You gave me the one player who kind of makes my panic meter go down. So uh, my panic meter's through the roof. It's inappropriate to talk about it in the wake of the, the coach's death. So we kind of took a break from it last week. But yep. does a win against a Trey Young-less uh, Atlanta Hawks team make me feel totally better? No. And what we were saying last week is I would almost prefer them focus on next year as opposed to this year because I don't think one player can save the season, which goes to the optimistic part, the almost um, ironic part. The one player who could is fucking Wiggins. If, if Wiggins yep. suddenly found himself, for, and who knows what the hell is going on? But if they yep. suddenly added him as the second primary scorer without giving up anything, if he was that player, he was in the 22 finals, suddenly this it's a different thing. But, you know, can we count on that? I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, who knows? Unless the yeah. Space Jam aliens are real and they came and stole Wiggins' talent, I don't understand what happened to him this year. You know, and so hopefully mm. that's a glass half full. He can come back. But I don't know, right. man. I, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it either. I, I don't. I. It, it's the biggest mystery. I, I just. It's very strange. It's very strange. And you see him trying out there recently of whether he's starting or coming off the bench. I just. I don't know what's happened. I, I just. The mid range jumper is not there. Hasn't been consistent. He looks a little smaller than he usually does. Looks a little more frail. Um, I mean, this is a guy. You can make the argument that he was more loved by Cam, Kevin Durant. Than Kevin Durant ever was in the Warriors uniform, the way he played during that championship season, slowing down Luka, John Morant, dunking on Luka Doncic, and dunking on Brandon Clark, and slowing down Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I, I, I don't know, man. If they can get that player back now, maybe we're cooking with hot grease. Maybe that's the trade that you need. Right. Uh, just having a guy on your team stepping up and playing up until his potential. But I, I don't know, fellas. Let's I, trade for his basketball soul back, dude. In 2022, you could have had a, a very legitimate bar argument. Who is more valuable in the finals, Jason Tatum or Andrew Wiggins? In 2024, yeah. you could have a very legitimate bar argument. Who's more valuable for the Warriors, Brandon Pajemski or Andrew Wiggins? You know, I wow. mean, and like that's, I mean, it, and it's that's wow. just practically, that is truth. That is factually accurate, which is frustrating. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I'll bring us to our second golden question. This one looks forward, all right? So the question as phrased is, what options will the Warriors have to improve this offseason? All right, so two open-ended. There's a million changes that might be coming. So I'm going to flip this into a quick hit segment, all right? So I don't know who they're going to bring in, who might leave, but the one piece that most likely will not be here next year, CP3. Now, that could be via trade, yeah, or they could just let him walk. If he walks, that's $30 million the Warriors would have in pocket to sign a free agent. So what I did is I looked up the free agents for 2024. So I'm going to give you boys names, all right? Now, the the thing I want you to assume is that Clay resigns, but he resigns at a number that's friendly to the team. So he's still here. The two questions after I give you the name are these. One, would that player consider coming here? All right. And then two, if the player came here, would the Warriors be title contenders? All right. Let's get the uh, the names out there. Here is our first Tobias Harris, unrestricted free agent, currently playing in Philly. First question, would he consider coming here? I think yes. I, 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 if they win a title, different uh, conversation. But Philly's not, you know, they probably aren't the favorites to even come out of the East. And there's rumors they may be making a move. Tobias might not want to be staying there. So the first portion, do you think he'd consider coming here? I do think he'd consider coming here. He'd be looking for another deal. You get to play with the Splash Brothers, a great fan base. It's far different from Philadelphia. Don't get me started on the city of Philadelphia and their fan base. (laughs) Those idiots. Um, No, he'd consider coming here, playing for the sophisticated an elegant fan base to go to say Warriors and Dumbnation. So he Let's can go. You're, you're sounding less like a journalist. You may want to slow down over there, Turbo. <laughs> Answer the second one. Tobias Harris comes. Are they a championship contender? I think he brings them over the top. We're talking about the Sixers who are still looking for another piece despite having right. Tobias Harris making all that money that they can. Uh, nah, that's not a piece that takes you over the hub. It's, it's a nice piece, but can he be your number two on a championship team? I think that's been proven that he can't be. Can he be a number three on a championship team? I think that's been proven that he can't. He's a number four on a really good championship team. And I like Tobias. I don't mean to slander him. I think he's got a nice game, but that's not getting you over the hump. I think you're right. All right. I'm going to give you another player. I think our answers are going to be reversed, but let's see. Drew Holiday. Player option for next year, 39.4 million. So if he were to come here, he'd have to tell Boston to fuck themselves and take a... a, Uh, Less money, at least $9 million less, most likely. All right. So the second question I'll take first 
would if Drew Holiday came here, would he make as a title contender? I think yes. But would he consider coming here? I think no. I think Boston most likely wins the title, and he's probably staying there on a player option. What do you boys think? Well, I so the Warriors are guard heavy, or as is. I mean, that's part of the problem, right? They've got so many guards. Um, this would have sounded good in the offseason if maybe you flip CP3 for Drew Holiday for this team right now that needs a lot of defense. Next season, Drew Holiday's a lot older. Um, it doesn't fix your offensive balls that you have right now. All of a sudden, the Warriors lack shooting. They're middle of the pack when it comes to three-point percentage. Um, so I don't think Drew Holiday takes him over the hump. I think he's a nice addition. He'll be a very good defender. But assuming that Clay's back, all of a sudden you're still small in the backcourt with Steph, Drew, and Clay Thompson. So I'm going to say no, he doesn't help make them a championship contender. Um, Maxime, keep your powder dry for our final question, right? Because we're we are running out of time. Um, just to finish this one out, the most controversial of the names, okay. LeBron James. LeBron James has a player option next year. His his connection to the Lakers is tenuous at fucking best, and the idea of him teaming up with Steph and Draymond isn't totally out of the question. You know, you might have to to draft uh, Bronny, you know, but. Would you would LeBron consider coming here and would he make us a championship contender if he did? <laughs> oh man, why are you gonna do this to me? Um, I think LeBron would consider coming to play with the Warriors. I think so too. He would consider to play with Stephen Curry. He loves it. He loves the limelight. He knows the clicks it would generate. I mean, it would break the internet if LeBron James joined. The Golden State Warriors and then how Dub fans would receive LeBron James would be fascinating in itself. Uh, would he help make them a championship contender? They'd be a contender, but have you seen him play defense? I mean, yeah, you just me. listed that the Lakers yeah. were two games above the Warriors in a play-in yeah. tournament. That to me doesn't sound like they're a top six team. So no, he wouldn't at this stage of his career help the Warriors turn into a championship contender. They'd be a contender. They'd be fun to watch. He considered coming here. But they're not a title contender with LeBron James. No, no, no. Well, we are not only trying to race through this pod, but this feels like the kind of topic that I'm going to be able to use for content for months. So I'm not going to give you my response yet. Oh my I'm going to I'm going to tease oh, my wow. response on that, although wow. I probably agree with you. Wow. But all right, here, third question and the one I'm most fired up about. All right. So um, Draymond did a pod recently with CP3 and it was great. And CP3 is a very likable dude. A weird thing to say. I've never had an opportunity to, to listen to him or get to know him. And one of the topics they talked about was his funk with Scott Foster. Um, and in fact, if we've got that quick uh, clip, let's play a little bit of that here. One of my favorite officials, which is, I guess, odd for most people because most people... Your favorite official? Who, who are you about to say? Like, Scott Foster, you want to talk about Knock him? it off. You, you know, want to talk about Scott? Uh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Not right now. I can't right now. I can't right now. <laughs> But in due time, in, in due, due time, time. <laughs> in due time, we'll, we'll have that conversation. I can't right now. Which made me do a little bit of digging, all right? And so I found it wasn't on Draymond's podcast, but apparently CP3 did discuss his funk with Scott Foster on the Gilbert Arenas podcast. Here's what he said. Let's go ahead and play that. I'm necessarily a huge fan of CP3, but after I interviewed, <laughs> big, I'm a big fan of him. Never, you know, obviously he wasn't on teams I was rocking with, but he broke down the whole situation, so... Do you want to share some of that backstory with CB3 and Scott Foster? You want me to, to break it down? You're going to break it down, man. So in the situation with his son, I believe after a game, uh, Lil Chris was playing in the tunnel. 
Scott Foster in the car with the other refs rolls up to him, like honks the horn at him, yells at him, get the fuck out the way, and some other expletives. Mm-hmm. Talking to a little kid. To a little kid. CP3 finds out about that naturally, like any of us would do it with our kids. Is not particularly happy about that. So, Bonte, that, I mean, what they're saying, uh, for those who don't know, Chris has a son, little Chris. We've seen him. Little Chris went to games yep. with his father all the time. Apparently, in the bowels of the arena, Little Chris is playing. Scott Foster's in a car with other refs, sees Little Chris. Apparently, Little Chris is preventing them from going out. And Scott Foster fires off a bunch of F-bombs at Chris Paul's son, at his son, dude. So you're a father. All of us are. If, if somebody dropped F-bombs, aggressive F-bombs to your kid, are you? can you ever get over that? Is there ever a time when you don't no. have a raging hatred for that other person? Because that's some personal shit, dude. Like that, that's that's an unbelievable backstory to this. Yeah, I don't know what I do. Um, I, I've actually, you know, I've been watching the Sopranos. My girl's never watched the Sopranos, so I've been <laughs> watching it over. She says I have anger issues, like Tony Soprano, which I don't believe. Uh, Tony Soprano's got now. There's some similarities, of course, but I'm not that crazy. But I'm afraid to tell what I do if I found that out. Somebody's dropping that bombs on my daughter over and over especially if your name is Scott Foster. You know how I feel about NBA officiating. So um, there's too many – these referees feel way too empowered. And they don't – they never have to answer to the questions. Uh, the whole pool report is a sham because they tell the reporters what to say, and they have their answers manufactured. Um, I, I don't know what i do, man. It wouldn't be pretty. I just hope it never happens. Yeah. I hope they never have to go through something like that. Why would Chris Paul even make something up like that? Like who the hell is Scott Foster? Who are you to do something like that? I don't care if it was Chris Paul's son. I don't care if it was your daughter, Brad. You don't do that, man. That's have some decency. Dude, the, the levels of it. If it was just a random stranger, you know, like I'm just, just happened. Someone I'd never seen again. That Just that interaction right. would always be in my mind. Even if I never saw him again, it just, it would bother me. You know, something I'd bring up occasionally to Erica at dinner. Now it's somebody I work with. Okay. I see them frequently enough. It, the, the fury is going to be, you know, it's, it's regularly brought up. That third level. It's somebody who gets to somehow judge what I'm doing. The referee, he's calling fouls on me. The, the yep. power dynamic that exists there. I, the right. fury that that would fucking cause, dude. You know, the, the, the unacceptableness of that story. Um, but Maxine, what do you think, dude? How, do, how would you handle it? When I was about seven years old, my family got a little golden retriever puppy. And uh, I went out to get the mail <laughs> one day. And, you know, I was with my puppy. I didn't, I don't know shit about how to, right? I live on a court. It was all very safe. And so my puppy, like, you know, ran off to go see the neighbors because they have dogs too. And I went to go to get her and the dogs were up on their deck and they were barking like crazy and, and things were getting out of control. And, and uh, my neighbor came out and he said, son of a bitch, get your dog off my property. And I mean, to this day, you tell, right, as soon as I hear that Scott Foster story, that's what comes up in my mind. When, a, when a, an adult cusses out a child like that, that sticks in the child's mind. Now that I'm a parent, I know that too. Like, that is one of the very few lines that just, I don't care what the context was. You know, it is definitely worse that he's a ref, but it could be a random individual, like you said. That's yeah. ex completely unacceptable. That sticks in the kid's mind forever. That changes how they see the world that changes how they interact with adults from there on forward especially adults in positions of power and authority i'm not about it fuck that hell yes also why the fuck was he riding <laughs> like a, a clown car why was it a car filled with refs 
Like, don't they have yeah. like more than one part of they all fucking drive to the game together? <laughs> but like, what's going on, dude? Like, don't they get paid enough to not have to carpool to the fucking game? Are they all staying in the same hotel room? Like, the, there was multiple portions of that story that fucking bothered me. But um, here's the last question. Um, so this one, I, we might not be there yet. Okay, I'm not saying it's over now, but all dynasties end, right? They all do. The, that that's the nature of time. That's why Father Time is undefeated. Right. If it was up to you, if if somebody came to you and you could author how this dynasty ends, you could literally write it out, you know, like a Hollywood movie, how would you want it to end? Because I don't think there's a way that this ends that's not painful. You know, outside of them, like, leaving, they win the 22, 2022 title and then just never play again. You know, that, that was never going to happen. So how if, if it was up to you, Bonte, how would this thing come to a close? What's a positive way that this thing finishes? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, championship? <laughs> We're just going out losing a, a playoff series in the Western Conference, right? Well, that's yeah. painful. They've only lost one series in the West under Steve Kerr. Maybe it happens again. You get to the Western Conference, play in the game six at home, and that up and team just beat you, whether it's Minnesota, OKC, Denver or something. To basically say the dynasty is really over. Yeah. That's it. Because I don't think any dynasties, it's never paid list, right? Yeah, I think that's right. And and you and you kind of to watch them leave it on the floor, you know, absent some other kind of Hollywood ending where like the NBA gets canceled after they've won their final championship, you know. If assuming that right. it's got to come at a loss, it's them taking it as far as they can and kind of the tipping the hat moment, you know, like it is what it is, the passing the baton kind of thing. Um, Maxime, you and I, well, I'm sure we'll explore that and LeBron in the future. Monte, <laughs> great to have you back. I am sure people need way more hill in their life. If it's not no, through Jamal, where no, do they, they go? Don't. No, they, <laughs> no, they don't. Morning Ross sets your own risk. NBC Warriors pre and post. That's your own risk. The roast has been getting a little ridiculous. Uh, we've we've got to raise some things in on the show. No, it's all good. It's 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 wacky and fun, but we we've got to button up some things on the roast. Uh, but if you want to listen to ninety five seven game from six to ten, please feel free. We can use all the ratings we can get. Um, we're having a good time there. Also, NBC Sports and on Twitter at Bate Hill. But I don't I don't tweet as much as I used to, man. Twitter's getting dicey here man you know a lot of scott fosters out there on twitter yeah you're not joking and like the mega presence on twitter is bananas um you know where to find us uh instead yeah. i'll just double yeah. down and plug the roast two friends of this show and they the shit they've been doing recently i just love with the exception of kissing jamel hill's ass they, everything else is uh yeah. is exceptionally yeah. entertaining <laughs> yeah, shit, with that in mind uh go warriors and hopefully see you next week Good, good.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.